Once again, we're here for Living the Past. Uh, we are a podcast that goes to the 90s. We are in May 1996. Uh, I have my co-host, Ben. Hello. And we have some bummer news. We have some uh, very middle-of-the-road movies. <laughs> really selling this episode. Um, and we I, got some, I, dis- I disagree, but carry uh, on. And we got, some, we got, some, uh, we got another case of uh, quantity uh, and quality. <laughs> <laughs> for the music like we got a lot of releases but mm. um mm. also a similar story in the uh, sports section there is a lot going on and a lot of it you'll not want to know about so <laughs> well, get ready wait. for that <laughs> so just a good a good uh reminder that um if you want to skip 20 sections <laughs> let that for the time goes in the summary of the but don't forget, it is final season. So, you know, if you want to not have to Google things yourself, <laughs> you yes. know how season's wrapped up. But before we get into all things 90s, we have got to talk about what we're getting up to these days and what you're going to do living in the now. And what are you... What have you been doing? You sort of talked to me. I want to... We did. About, we did go to see Talk to Me. And you also saw, saw Barbie and Oppenheimer. So, you know. Yeah, we, the... we we had quite a week. I think uh, Monday we saw two and Wednesday we saw Talk to Me. There was I saw, a uh, yeah, it's like, so you saw a lot of um, cutting edge new releases and I watched Voltron on YouTube. So is let's go with yours. What is, what it is, is from? It's the... Uh, cartoon show from the 80s where they had a bunch of lions that connected together and then they made one big thing called Voltron. Lions. They were like robotic lions. Okay. So I was reading this book about the greatest 80s uh, cartoons um, by this guy, Andrew Farrago, and it's a really good book, but it just made me, it was going on about Mask and G.I. Joe and uh, Transformers. And I was like, oh man, I used to love, I, used to, I said to my parents once, I want to change my name to Voltron. <laughs> <laughs> when, I was in, when I was a young tiger, and then I, I watched an episode of Ultron. I'm like, well, this is not as good as I remember that at all. I um, think you didn't change your name. So yeah, so I've been I've been uh, just covered in like just covering 80s cartoons. So please bring us into the now, and uh, let's go. Let's go. I want to. I don't want to dwell too much on it. So just give me like a quick Oppenheimer. Yay or nay? Um, oh. Look, um, I'm still quite torn about it. Um, <laughs> I know I don't know if people would have picked up. I don't know if we talked about Christopher Nolan much because he hasn't come around yet. Um, we haven't had a we haven't had Memento yet, so no. Uh, but I, I was um, I do enjoy Christopher Nolan's film. You, I think he's you used to be a, a Nolanite. I'm gonna call it a Nolanite. A little bit, yeah. Not not like an all out. Like I'm I'm not a film student. But, he wasn't going to sit you down and talk about Inception for the next like three hours. So maybe Interstellar, but Whoa. everything he's done, I've thought was pretty amazing. Okay. Um, and a slight spoiler ahead: I didn't expect Casey Affleck to be in this film, and it made me quite sad. Um, if you don't know why it makes me sad, uh, look up Casey Affleck. <laughs> also, uh, Laura sent me an article about the native people on the land where this happened in real life. 
Ah. And it was barely mentioned in the film. Australia did that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, not, not a great representation. No, no. Um, a very good film though, taking those two horrible things out of it. Uh, okay. For a three-hour film, it moves along quite nicely, I thought. Who plays Together. Albert Einstein in it? Um, what's his name? Something Conti. Uh, oh. I keep thinking I think, it's. I think Pacino. he's one of the dads from Friends. No, I keep the, thinking it's Pacino. He's the budget Pacino. The budget Pacino. <laughs> the better Pacino because he's not ridiculous and over the top and have a twelve-year-old wife. Can I have um, a burger, fries, and a Conti? diet Pacino? Is it Michael Conti? Would you call him? No, he's from stuff. I think. I think he's someone's dad in Friends. Okay. Let's Maybe go with Joey. Let's go with Joey. <laughs> no, I think Emily's. Okay. Uh, who's Emily? I don't Ross's know. First. The the English the one that Ross was supposed to marry. Ah. Uh. Um, Barbie is incredible. Everyone should go see Barbie. If you think that it's too woke, slap yourself in the face um, <laughs> and wake yourself up a little bit more. Uh, I do want to see film. it. Uh, yeah, I, um, the boys, <laughs> the boys, and this is, look, you know, no, no fault on my parenting here, but like they were given a choice to go see a Barbie or go to an escape room, like with my uh, sister-in-law and they were like, not Barbie, because like there, there is like, you know, in their universe, it's still like, that's a girl's movie sort of thing. So yeah. I do intend of when it's uh, available for streaming that, uh, we'll rent it and I'll sit them down and I'll, I'll get them to watch it and. And, and look, it is 100% a girl's movie for girls, but that doesn't mean that boys should not be watching it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was, that's what I was thinking. Even so, more yeah. so, you should be watching it. Yeah, and I do like Ryan Gosling, so, you know. He is good. Um, uh, and American and... Ferreira, our favourite. Oh, nice. Um, but it's got, it's got the Michael Cera in it, and he's got a punchable face. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, and also Talk to Me. So, uh, shot in Adelaide? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the southern suburbs, by the looks of it. So I was a Getting bit sad I didn't recognize anywhere. <laughs> quite the buzz. Um, like, you know, a lot of people were Edgar just... Edgar like... Wright said it was his favorite horror film of the year. Nice. And we had Insidious 5 this year. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone also plays one. <laughs> when, you put, when you put the gloves on against Insidious 5, you better be uh, ready to fight. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. And give it, give, it, give it the respect. Insidious 5, The Red Door. Come on, give it the full time. Um, right, talk to me was really good. Is it scary? Do you think it's scary? Um, you don't get scared, but uh, like, I may have like almost jumped once or twice. It that's creepy for sure. It it does well to kind of avoid horror cliches. Like obviously nice. there's horror cliches, but they're not as annoyingly noticeable. Now, the thing that I always want to know from you, uh, mm. more so than what your views on the film was, was what your theatre-going experience was like for these three films. Was there any calling out? Was there any people talking? Like, it's just, you seem to have the worst luck. Uh, all three were near enough flawless. The only nice. thing that happened in Barbie, America Ferreira has this big, long tirade about what women are expected to do and what they have to do and the standards and all that. And it's a great little speech. And at the end of it, like it's kind of emotional, like it's powerful. You just, I've heard you... about the speech. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I've watched um, this movie like through memes and like, 
<laughs> and other stuff. Yeah. Like I, I think I can yeah, piece like everything together. Yeah. Um, and this person in front of us did like a little like golf clap after oh. she finished it, and I went, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, almost, yeah. I kind of feel like joining in, but I'm not going to. If it was the lady from the Reanimator trying to make amends for it, oh god. <laughs> um, all I've seen that's like sometime in the next in the last few years lately was I watched Evil Dead Rise, which was a gross, mistake. but okay. With the oh man, the uh, what is it? The cheese grater to the leg still makes me. Bleh. And then I watched yeah, finally I watched the Super Mario's mo- movie with my kids. Oh. And it was um, bright. Wahoo! Wahoo! In was it great? Indeed. It was alright. <laughs> Let's kill on two events. <laughs> Um, cool. So let's talk about the deaths. Yeah. So we're going to start with Mount Everest in 1996. Now, do you want to take a guess of how much it cost to do an ascension? And I believe to like as high as you can go to the, to, um, to Mount Everest in 1996, how much do you reckon you're paying? Not to the, to the top, just like to the, I believe as as close to the top as you can get. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, like two grand. $65,000. For what? Because you have to go up there with a guide and you go up there with this guy. So this this guy, he'd done a few ascensions before he got to the top twice. His name was Rob Hall. He was a, a New Zealander. And he, if you've ever, you know, the guy who did Into the Wild, that John Krakow? Yes. He was doing it. He was working for Outside Magazine and he did an assignment on, um, on Mount Everest. And then he also did uh, Into Thin Air, which is... Um, about these, these groups of this, this this group in 1996 that went up and then like most of them died because they got caught in a blizzard and like he started pointing fingers as John Krakow does like I don't know like I, I know a lot of people that love him uh, I, like I've read a couple of his books I find him like a little bit I don't know he likes the drama <laughs> I'll leave it at that um, yeah. Uh, so yeah so like there was a couple of things that they, they did sort of they I think they um they kind of pushed forward when they shouldn't have pushed forward, got a little bit too high. Um, and then a blizzard set in, uh, a couple of people died in the night and then it kept going uh, uh, the next day. Just from then, the cold. Just from the cold. So yeah, people were just yeah. like, and then like Rob Hall called down to the base camp and uh, he said, I can't use my oxygen oxygen because my, <laughs> the cylinder had frozen shut. So you couldn't actually get air through cause it was so cold anything anytime you try to suck it up it's like it's it's just actually frozen solid uh, a couple of hours later he he ran he called back and said like oh, i've got my i've got my oxygen working but my frostbite is so bad in my hands and my feet i can't climb and then he basically sent a note to his wife or they patched him into his wife and he had a phone call and that phone call the transcript from that was put in john krakow's book and the wife was not uh... very happy about that um, because she didn't give it, um, she didn't authorize it and stuff. And he basically said, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to die. So, um, farewell. And, um, so uh, did, did everyone else on the mountain get, so in 1996 of, of May, 12 people died on the mountain, which at that point was the highest amount of deaths in like one year. Uh, that would be broken by, uh, avalanches and blizzards in 2014 and 2015, where like, I think 22 people died. Um, I really but hope yeah. those other eleven people got to send messages to their 
no family and such yeah and then and the the creepiest thing is and like you'll hear about this when people climb everest is that the next year uh they saw all the bodies because <laughs> you can't really retrieve uh. them so you just leave them up there so in 1997 they found a bunch of the bodies that were lost in this uh this blizzard so yeah um, why are people still doing this i don't know it did it did bring up the whole uh look should this be a thing anymore because it's getting that point like if you're paying $65,000 to do something chances are you might not be fully prepared to what you're going to have to do. like you might like if you if you, if you are going to spend $65,000 on an experience chances are like you're probably not fit to be doing this you just want to do it so you can say you've done it so they like you're sending people out there who aren't physically able to do it it sounds uh, very similar to the opposite direction we had this year with with uh was it five or six billionaires that oh yeah yeah see something that wasn't made to be seen yep and then like you know we also had that that um the uh the volcano in new zealand that time too where it's like you know that was more of a tourist thing but it's like should these events which are spectacular um and people want to like take pictures and say like hey how was there at what point do we go maybe we shouldn't i mean with all the technology we got like just watch on a screen like who's the shit a lot of people talk about uh natural selection and <laughs> if rich people are gonna volunteer their selection <laughs> right? yeah i don't know Let, like I, 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 as much 1%. as i hate as much as i hate rich people i don't i can't i can't uh i can't say they should die oh, um, I'm, I'm not wishing death on them but if you want to put yourself in a stupid situation oh, yeah, you have yeah. a stupid amount of money and you think you're you know yeah, if you're if you're giving someone sixty five thousand dollars, chances are you could probably like add on another another thirty five thousand and go like, I know I'm not pretty fit for this, but you know, look the other way and take me up, and they're like, oh, okay, cool, you know, hundred thousand dollars, fine. So does does like which in nineteen ninety six was like three point five billion. So you know, <laughs> does um does that one guide get the sixty five grand? I think he shares it out. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure he shares it out to all the Sherpas and stuff that went up with yeah. them too. Um, three of them, three, 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 three Sherpas from um, from India died, and um, I'm sure they're all well compensated and their families and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, mm. Going back to civilization, um, in uh, Martin Lawrence, you know him, the guy who did the really gross uh, monologue on SNL and got kicked off. One- one of many, yes. <laughs> uh, so he he's he's going pretty well. He just um, he had his uh, sitcom was a hit. He was in Bad Boys last uh, last year. He's currently filming Nothing to Lose with Tim Robbins, which will be I think later this year on the podcast. Oh yeah. Um, but then he <laughs> so there's an article here from the Washington Post, and it's called "The Tragedy of the Comic," and it goes into uh, Martin Lawrence's life at the time and. Uh, yeah, I knew that there was some. I knew there was some red flags, but I didn't know they were like that red and that huge. Like he he's not a nice guy, um, and a lot of people vouch for him, which is weird. So he he was found uh, wandering in the traffic in the in a in a LA intersection um, with mucus oh, really? fe- mucus smeared across his face, raving, "Fight the power!" And he had a loaded handgun in his pocket. No so so they they brought him in and then he was released later like with his own physician and stuff like that and then but that's not the that's that's not all that happened um like you know he was going through his wife at the time had said that like he was he had been violent to her um 
in July this year, he will go onto a plane with a loader weapon. And when they when the cops said like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, I thought you could only I thought you could take loader get I thought you could take guns on interstate travel, just not international." And they're like, "No, you're an idiot." <laughs> I mean, I guess you couldn't look it up on the internet at the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not like you can call someone and be like, "Can I take my gun on the plane?" But it, <laughs> and you know when you have when you check in, even when you go to the airport, like they have a list of prohibited items. Yeah, they probably don't think let's put loaded guns on here because people are gonna take those. Yeah, like matches and lighters and forks. But they're you know saying like you know, there's a lot of that. This, like with this one, there's a lot of that. Um, oh, he was on prescribed medication. Oh, he's he's not usually like this sort of thing. But then there's like enough instances like throughout the last few years of like, oh, maybe he is like this, <laughs> and you need to he needs to get some help. He was very erratic. Um, apparently, there was a couple of times where um, he would walk off the set or walk off during interviews. Um, didn't like any sort of questions about his personal life whatsoever. Um, but like you got all these other people like so the guy who was direct directing um, the movie uh, Nothing to Lose, and he's like. Oh, he's fine. Like, you know, I'll, I'll do another movie with him in a second. It's like, well, you're enabling him to have this like lifestyle. Like, you know, if you can, if like, regardless of what, um, if your actor on your film was found to like be regularly having these episodes with a loaded gun and also um, assaulting his wife, I don't know how anyone can say like, oh, he's a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Unless he can cover it quite well and it's just, you know. Like, that's and the thing. Is, I think. Bursts. I think for a while he was, but now he's. Yeah. Now it's just sort of going on front street. But then it's kind. Of, it's kind of also weird to hear all this stuff and then know that like next year he would have bad boy. Like they, or the next, a couple of years time they would make bad boys too. Like he. He never. His career really suffered. Then he did like a whole range of um big mama movies because he went all like yeah. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy family friendly yeah, sort of did. thing. We'll get to that. That's <laughs> <No>, not. <laughs> oh, oh, next month I believe. Oh God. You like farts, don't worry. Uh, May 11th, uh, Smashing Pumpkins were playing a show and a fan, uh, age 17, was crushed um, after like a surge from the back of the crowd. It was an all-ages show. Um, apparently, there was still a lot of... Um, the bar was open and a lot of alcohol was being uh, served. Like a lot of the people said at the time, the big surge came from like people who were not they're like older dudes, basically, which is usually the way for mosh pits. Yep. On the MTV article I read, Billy Corgan called out um, a few times that tour about big dudes, like just pushing people around and, and moshing and saying like, we're against moshing, just listen to the music, try and move, try and dance, but like be safe. And um, yeah, I know Scott Wayland nice. at the time was quite, you know, when he started, they started getting popular after Purple, he would see the very people he's singing against at like seeing, and that's what that's one of the weird things that like really sort of upset him because he seemed to be attracting a lot of these douches to his shows, and he's like, "What yeah. am I doing? What am I doing to like you know?" It's like you don't have control about who listens to your music. Um, unfortunately, Darcy um, even said at, at the time at the concert, she's like, "There's someone, there's a girl's dying backstage. Do you even care?" And like the crowd were just like, just did not give a shit. So they cancelled wow. a couple of shows. And, yeah, I I never knew about that. Yeah, yeah, because like there's been a few. I mean, unfortunately, Belgium had their in 2003, um, and then would have their own in Australia with um, Limp Bizkit and um, the uh, girl that died at Big Day Out. So it's 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 definitely a thing. And I, I was who in, had one as well. Um, yeah, 
Well, I had yeah. a few people in there in their one. And then yeah. I remember in nineteen ninety eight, like I'll get to it when we get to it, but like I was in the crowd, one of my first kicks I ever went to was the offspring and I did not feel safe. That was the first and last time I was ever on the gate for a for a band because you could you could see like well, I had like bruises on my chest. Like it's just yeah. it's intense. Bradley James Knoll from Sublime, the lead singer, was found dead um, just getting ready for a tour. Um, he died from a heroin overdose. His uh, Dalmatian was by his side, whimpering um, at the time. Uh, like, yeah, um, yeah. He'd had he'd had like a lot of a lot of problems with um, drug abuse, and they were just about to like. I mean, the next album was the one that's got that "What I Got" song on it that will just be huge. And he wasn't, wasn't uh, didn't get to stick to the ground and see it. Um, he was very much in with um, No Doubt. They and No Doubt played a uh, a gig, uh, I think, about a year on. Um, but it was like it was a gig that like it was a tribute show, but it was also like a uh, showed like to to show what drugs can do too. Like it was like a yeah, saying like you know, sort of raising show. awareness type. Yeah, because like a lot of people have been um, heroin was like the drug in the nineties. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, so that was that was um, unfortunate that you know he he made a lot. I mean, whatever your um, you know, views on Sublime is like the music's good um, and well well made, and he didn't get to really enjoy the fruits of uh, what he what what he made. So that's just a shame. And his dog, and his dog. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, that poor dog. All right, here's sports. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a marvelous game here. Yes, England! Champion Chip Curling on CBC. Sorry. <laughs> I don't even have anything good to bring it back with. Oh, God. This is bullshit. Um, where do I even start now that you've put me in the, in the, in the hole? Um, Tommy Morrison, our friend from Rocky Five, who was an yep. actual boxer, he got married. Ah, yeah. Doesn't he, doesn't doesn't he die later? We all die later. But doesn't but he die doesn't, soon? Doesn't mean he can't get married. Let okay. him live his life. <laughs> okay. Uh, doesn't matter if he's not a very good person, and he's you know, actually I don't know that. I'm sure he's very nice. He seems nice, but yeah, yeah. he does have HIV. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's fine. He's getting married. He's so no, that, that's so that that was person. actually super mean by me. I was like, he can't, he can't experience joy. He's got a death sentence. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I get these. I get the sad news, and then I just get all like a uh, uh, cynical. Anyway, all right. Well, let, let's carry on with some sad news because we had the men's ice hockey world championships held in Austria, um, from the end of April through to early May. Yeah. Uh, Hosted in Austria, did I mention? Yes. Six teams. Austria won a single game. They finished bottom out of the six. And it was in their country. How sad is that? Um, Russia finished top because that's what they do. Um, uh, France. uh, So there's two groups. France finished bottom out of the table. I didn't even realize that France did ice hockey. Um, <laughs> they got ice. Canada, Canada went on to lose the final to the Czech Republic, and Russia lost in the third place game to the United States. How about yeah, that? Look at that. Yeah. Um, Do I don't if you're know an if there's Austrian. any good players. Sorry, if we're going back to the Austrian thing. Like, has there been any 
other times that you can think of where the host nation has gone that badly? I can't think Not of you know, maybe, maybe Australia. I mean, maybe USA in the 94 World Cup. I mean, they, but they still got like fairly far. I think they got to the round of 16. I mean, they were in it. So, you know, that's <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't qualify. Well, they have to qualify. They didn't have to. They didn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you get what I'm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, speaking of badly, their goal difference was minus 16. Jesus. They scored three and they let in 19 in five games. Not, not great. But if it makes them feel better, um, France's was minus 14. It does make me feel better. Yeah, but they scored 12. <laughs> because it's easier to hate. It's easier to hate France. Ah, they're okay. I know they're fine, but like, yeah, do you know yeah. how, like, do you know how easy it was for people in the lead up to the game last night just like fuck France? Um, yeah, and I'm not sure why. I don't. I, I think it's because um, it's all from. Well, like I know there was a bunch of English comedy after World War Two because they France surrendered and England didn't. So England held that over them like for fucking yeah. years. Even Willie calling him a bunch of cheese. Was it <laughs> cheese eating surrender monkeys? <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, I didn't think about the surrender monkeys. Part. Um. But yeah, um, I think it's just easy. And like America is always like, it's because it's they, they have this um, thing of being of being pompous. I even heard, I heard someone the other day yeah. said they went to um, France and like, you know, they're like, oh yeah, they're very, they're very pompous. And I'm like, well, you know, but maybe like other countries like are really dumb too. And they have to like, and they flock to Paris and they have to deal with people. And they are probably pompous after a while. I have to deal with stupid Americans. Also, are they pompous or do you have this preconceived idea that because they're dog like this, that yeah. you just think that they're pompous and pretentious that you're because of their accent? Yeah, 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 yeah. And there was, like you said, there was a lot of comedy in the probably 80s and 90s of people, if they're French, just went, ha, 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 and that was it. But it's like a, um, Australia and like, because my dad's got this too. He's got this like just downright hatred of America. And like a lot of people still have that. It's like they hate yeah. American things, even though they'll eat up like fucking movies and TV and products and stuff like that made in America. Now we are in uh, Espana. Nice. That means Spain. Uh, <laughs> we're here for the men's handball championships. A lot of men's championships in May. Okay. I went looking around. I didn't, I don't know if they're just not documenting them. Probably not as many women-led events so don't come to me about that that's not my fault um yeah so handball championships held in spain uh good for spain i'm sure no one noticed again russia won the group nice what the hell? yeah but spain won the other group huh hometown nice. advantage Slide to yeah. hey austria this is how you do it um they had lost to russia in the final 23-22. But, I mean, they made it to the final. That's cool, right? Yeah, I mean, Spain. yeah. Should have yeah. won it. I mean, everyone should. Like, you know, Australia... Yeah, okay. let's, let's look on to the chance of Australia's daughters. Austria wasn't even in it. So, yeah, you know. Uh, also, a very big event uh, held in Paris this month was the Karate Championship. And nice. I know we don't cover a lot of karate, <laughs> but having some Scottish heritage, I had to mention... <laughs> okay. <laughs> in so they do it in weight categories, I guess like boxing. Okay. I don't know what uh kata or kumite is. Uh, <laughs> that's the, the type of weight category. Um but in the sixty five kilo category, 
Scotland, Steve Cunningham got the bronze, as did Vincent Longala Long Long Longagna of um, Switzerland. I don't okay. know how they had two bronze. I guess it was a draw. Can you draw when it's a fight? I, I assume so. Maybe like they're doing on points. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Yeah, no Australian representation. No. <laughs> well, sorry, it was the Europeans. Um... <laughs> they tried. It's like you're not I... even from here. <laughs> I forgot that it was European Karate Championship. I keep thinking it says kids championships. <laughs> nice. Um, Junior. France did quite well, as you, as you would, because that's where it is. Uh, the Dutch took out gold in one of the weights. Uh, England, yes. Norway. Um, <laughs> weird, weird little mix of countries. <laughs> Norway, like renowned for their uh, martial arts prowess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this is this is weird. Anyway, um, on to the real stuff. So, like I said at the start, it is finals times. We had the UEFA Cup final. Remember, remember that? I oh think, yeah. Uh, Europa League, people would know it as now, the young kids. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, just happened to be held in Munich, which mm. was nice for Munich. Bayern Munich. Oh, Bayern. Yeah. Uh, Played against Bordeaux. I don't Ooh, think they Bordeaux. make too many finals. No. 5 1. Bayern. Uh, like, yeah. Because um, yep. this was played over two legs. Um, yeah. Bayern was a, pretty, was a powerhouse. Um. Yeah, so I like Borussia Dortmund because they were very yellow. Yeah, yellow and black. <laughs> That's like they look like the they look like training uniforms. <laughs> Something like that, like a training uniform. Uh, yeah. So leg one, Bayern one, uh, and leg two, Bayern also smashed them three uh, one. Oh. So tough time for Bordeaux. We never had a chance. Bordeaux. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, also, was the Champions League final nice? As uh, can I can I guess who was in it? Or, yeah, or, or, yeah, sure. Barcelona, no. AC Milan, no. Oh. Suck at this. Um, hang on, hang on, hang on. Ajax, yes. Okay, and Juventus. Did you just look it up? No. Yeah. Oh. Well done. Yes. So I'm like, if AC Milan wasn't in it, then you, oh, this would have been Juventus is like, um, what's that dude? What was that guy? The Silver Fox. They played for, um, they actually called him the Silver Fox. He played for Juventus because he had like, um, gray hair. Wow. Uh, I figured, I don't know. Conti? Yeah. Nah, I don't know. But like, um, <clears throat> yeah, that, that was, Juventus was very fun to watch. Um, I think I've mentioned there used to be like a Serie A program on SBS every Sunday morning or Saturday morning. And yep. just watching like Juve play was a treat. There was one when I lived in England, and I can't remember what it was called. Um, it was the most boring show around because of most of them are like Italian or Spanish or you know German, so they'd be dubbed. Yep. And they'd get the most boring voice to talk over their like you could still hear them underneath. Ravenelli. <laughs> was it Ravenelli? It was Ravenelli. Fabrizio Ravenelli. Okay. Um, which I, I think, I think, yeah, if you, if you look up a picture of him, like he's, he's, he's a strikes a, he's got just like that Johnny Unitas <laughs> haircut you can set your watch to. Um, but their team in 1996, I remember heats, the Italian kids at my, um, school were all like Juve fans. Yeah. Um, Del Piero. 
Oh, Del Piero, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but the Ajax team was pretty stacked as well. So, oh, yeah. So there was half the Dutch um, football team in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, they went on, like a lot of these players. So, Edwin van der Sar. Yeah. Um, most people would know from Man United. There's a long time. Uh, both De Boers, Frank and Ronald. De Boer. Uh, Edgar Davids, who oh, would later play for Juventus. Yeah. So this game went to penalties. It was 1-1 after full time. Uh, Lippmann and Ravinelli were the goal scorers. Davids missed his penalty. Oh. Yeah, Juve got all four. Davids and Saloy missed theirs. Um, but yeah, Canu uh, was playing for Ajax. Uh, I, I think he went on to play for Arsenal. I reckon I watched that. Um, Patrick Clivert, who was... <gasps> Went on to play for Barcelona. It's a huge star. Louis Van Gaal. <laughs> Patrick, Lippi, like... Patrick Clavett looks like Wayne Brady. Yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> oh, man. He, he looks too nice to be a sports star. Yeah. And it always bothered me, because um, I haven't talked about championship manager lately, that his stats were never that high, but he'd always score goals. Yeah. You'd have like the what? nicest guy, nicest looking guy. Then next to him in the Dutch team, you'd have like uh, the bad guy from any kid's sporting movie, which is Dennis Bergkamp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So that that was uh, quite an event held in Rome. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of advantage there for Juve. But, you know. Um, what else? Uh, English, English soccer. Yeah. The Premier League. So as we'll get to later, um, I will mention this. Knott's Forest did not make it into Europe. Oh. I'll tell you why I thought they might have. Man United regained the title. Newcastle came second. Weird. Good for them. Yeah, my sister um, them. Man U also did the double, winning the FA Cup as well. Leeds are uh, clinging on to 13th. <laughs> A slow fall from grace, but... Uh, our buddies Manchester City oh, going down back nice. down to Div 1 where you fucking belong <laughs> monkeys I, that's why when um when I was out like you know obviously don't watch much anymore when someone told me like Manchester City was winning I'm like no they're not <laughs> they're in Div 1 <laughs> yeah they're in Div that's 1 a, with Darren that's Huckabee, where I checked out for a goal that's where I checked out it's like you know they, they don't you know they're down there with like Luton <laughs> yeah for, for me growing up there was one Manchester and it was yep. United and I didn't hate them like I'm supposed to as a Leeds fan, but Manchester City just was well, they were no better than Coventry City or Birmingham City. Fuck you, Birmingham City. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I can say that now because Tom Brady is a small-time owner in that club. Okay. And last night I had to listen to the Birmingham commentary team, like their club's commentary who made mm. it sound like the most important game of the season that they were about to win. Uh, I don't know what was going on there. But... A lot of Americans owning, uh, like, yeah, there's a lot of Americans owning soccer teams now, like, you know, but like celebrities. But the, the thing that kind of makes Ryan it Reynolds. funny. Oh, yeah, like Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhinney went and bought an entire team. Yeah. And yes, they bought a shit team, so it cost them nothing. Tom Brady is richer than those two will ever be. And he got like a small ownership in Birmingham City. <laughs> like, why not go and buy like a really shit team and bring them up like they're doing? Or like get a stake in a decent team. 
Why are you going with Birmingham City? Gross. Have you heard of England before? <laughs> like, do you know what Birmingham <laughs> is? There was that. There was that. Um. There's a, there's a line in bottom where Rick Richie's like, "This is England, England, not Birmingham." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is the butthole of many jokes. It's a, it's a dirty, dirty little town. Is that, the, is that the one that's got the beaches just of rocks? No, that's Blackpool. Birmingham oh, okay. has no beaches because it's in the middle of uh, a garbage tip. Okay. Yeah. What's the, what's the Birmingham accent? Uh, Birmingham, they all talk like this and it's gross. <laughs> Hard. I just wanted you to do an accent. No. Um, <laughs> what are they doing at Manchester? <laughs> my friend, my so-called high school friend's dad, um, I think they're kind of from Birmingham or near Birmingham, but there's a, yeah. this other town nearby called Dudley. Yeah. And it's close to Birmingham. And he would always do the accent when I go around there and I'd kind of love it and hate it because it was funny, but I hated the accent. Yeah. Because the... It was worse in Birmingham. And if you're from Dudley, you just talk real slow. <laughs> Horrible town. It's such a weird... I hated my childhood. It's such a weird country that there's just like... You drive multi- half an hour and suddenly you can't understand what someone's saying. Yeah, and it's, it's all just murdering the English language where they it actually got invented. It's just like, oh, we're bored of it now. We're just going to start like just massacring it. Yeah, it's just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a what a what a weird place. Over to a uh, better speaking English. Our Seattle SuperSonics advanced out of round one, beating the Sacramento Kings. Suck it again, Mister Spooner. Your team suck. Um, it's not sorry. really not really not really something to. I mean, Sacramento. Come on. Come on. Hey, they they went pretty far this year. Come on. And a. Dear friend of mine that I didn't realize really liked basketball suddenly really liked basketball because they're doing quite well. <laughs> um, is there anyone on it? The, um, what do you mean? Anyway, well, you know, Sean Kemp was playing and Gary Payton. No, the friend that likes Sacramento. <laughs> oh, uh, no. Well, you okay. do know one person that likes Sacramento, but he's never going to listen to this, so I'm not going to pay him out. Okay. Um, um, and of course, the Bulls over advanced to sweep in the heat. Okay. Which is sad because, you know, everyone likes Alonzo Morning. Ah. Right, he was from Charlotte. No, he's. No, he used to play in Charlotte. Play. Yeah, but he's in Miami. He yeah, just... but that's my that's my knowledge of Alonzo. Oh, okay. Would that's... be the basketball card I have when he was at Charlotte. All right. Um. Uh, we went on the oh, Bulls faced up against the Knicks. Okay. In the conference semis, obviously, disposing of. The Knicks because they're useless. No, hey, they had Whoopi Goldberg as their coach. They should have fucking gone all the way. That's why they lost. <laughs> they weren't allowed to win because then they, the team would have got moved. Um, <laughs> Sonic, the Sonics came up against the Rockets, who ended them previously, and took took their one best shot at winning a title. Yep, swept them into four. And the Sonics came up against the Jazz who had caused the Bulls a bit of drama in the past. That series went, did it go all the way? We'll find out next one. We will find out in June. I'll finish off in Adelaide um, just for those horrible Crom fans. Um, your your little crows smashed Fremantle 132 to 36. 
Um, so Fremantle, Jarman, was it, when did they start? Did we talk about that? Yeah, they came in recently. Okay. Yeah. All right. They've been around. Um, Darren and Modra combined for 10 goals. Meanwhile, Frio have only kicked five. Do you reckon Modra would have got the accolades that he got if his first name was Darren? No. Yeah. Or if, <laughs> nor would he if his hair was shorter. Um, <laughs> or if he looked like Darren Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see little clips of him occasionally and, God, he was attractive. What, Tony Modra or Darren Charlie? Tony. Even, yeah. even with his name. If his name was Anthony Modra, woof. He's gonna. Oh, would we have been in trouble? These days, he's um, he was at the. Uh, I saw a footage of him at the barbecue fest or something like. Like I don't know. I think he, he's truly milking it now. Yeah, it's loudy. That's fine. It's yeah, just, uh... yeah. Do whatever he wants. Leave him alone. <laughs> um, let's go into Tiger Town because Richmond smashed Fitzroy 154 to 62. Everyone was on that Fitzroy though. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and our boy Richo kicked seven. Nice. Which is only two less than Fitzroy's entire team. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, also, uh, I mate Brennan Gale, the current Richmond uh, is he chairman, I think, director chairman. Hey, just a, la- <laughs> just a lazy five. There you go. I know. All I see about um, Richmond is what you and our friend Craig post about on Facebook, like it's just or Instagram. Just not a lot at the moment. It's not a great time. Okay. But we had a time in the sun, so I'm not going to complain. Okay. There you go. That was a lot of sports. Yep. Come back in June for uh, finals time. Nice. Find out what the jazz Again. do. Um, all right, let's get on to film. The films that came out were I Shot Andy Orhol, which I wanted to find, but I couldn't find anywhere. Um, Barbed Wire, which I'm so interested to see what you think of that. <laughs> <laughs> the Craft, The Great White Hype, Last Dance, Boys, Dead Man, Twister, Flipper, <laughs> Twister, Flipper, <laughs> <laughs> Mission Impossible, Spy Hard, Welcome to the Dollhouse, which I also tried and find and could not find anywhere, The Arrival, Dragonheart, Eddie, The Paul Bearer, and Train Spotting. Was The Paul Bearer hmm. the Australian one? The right thing no, was that the... was the David Schwimmer vehicle uh... that unfortunately did not run him over. <laughs> Hey, he's all right. I really think one day we should make a sentence out of all these film titles. <laughs> um, I did, you know what? I, looked, I checked out the, because it was supposed to be on Paramount, and then it was like, I had to pay for it. I'm like, I am not paying for a David Schwimmer mm. movie. I found my limit. Fair. I have found my limit. I nearly, wanted, I, I, I nearly uh, paid for The Great White Hype, because apparently that's not too bad. But I, um, at that stage, I'd watched seven movies or something from this month, and I'm like, that's enough. Oh. I I did one, two, three, four, five, six. No. Almost. So I wanted to watch um there was a few movies that I was yeah, like um it was hard to find. Welcome to the Dollhouse, I remember it had a very uh um noticeable front cover and some um, like it was in the it was in another one in the cult section. So I wanted to see it. I was like <laughs> all these movies and I'm wondering okay, so just across the board with these movies, and I know that mm-hmm. you like them. Um I've been getting in nineteen ninety six it's not they're not bad just a lot of them are a lot very meh and i'm wondering i'm wondering yeah. if it's the thing of i'm 
too familiar with a lot of them because I used to, I've already watched them like time and time again back in the nineties and lots of stuff. Whereas like when our earlier seasons in the early nineties, half those movies I hadn't even heard of or like I'd always wanted to see but just never got around to doing it sort of thing. So like I was a little bit more like, oh, this is like Diamond in the Rough. This is awesome. Now rewatching a lot of the stuff, I was just like, eh, like it's it's good, but you know it's not it's not great. Like it's it. Like, I, I think that comes back to our yeah, like we said before, the the nostalgia feeling and like your sentimental connection with it. Yeah, yeah. It's not the same on some of these, and yes, yeah, some of them are just not very good. Well, I bailed on Spy Hard because like I do like myself some Leslie Nielsen, but that was just. That was, I can't believe that got a cinematic release. There was a uh, comment. <laughs> there was a comment on Dragonheart on Letterboxd that said like it's the nineties, mid nineties is amazing because the line between you know large cinema release and made for TV movie in the way that it looks <laughs> is very very like thin. Like let's talk about Dragonheart. Dragonheart. Did you watch it? No, I loved it as a child. Yeah, okay. Um, well, if you loved it as a child, then leave it, leave it back then. Yeah, leave it back there because, like, oh. it is, it is. And like, I watched it with um, uh, my wife and my youngest son came in a couple of times, and he's just like, <laughs> he's like, why does it look like that? I'm like, because that's what we had. That's all we had, man. <laughs> <laughs> Did it not still look okay? It doesn't, man. No, it's, uh, it's no. not great. Like, I mean, the thing is, like, if if you're if you're a dragon harder, if you're a, if you're a, down with the dh then you'll love this movie um because you won't care about that sort of stuff but like watching this for the first time in probably since the 90s um it's just it's got a xena hercules tv feel to it like um and i don't like uh you know swords and fantasy um stuff um as it is um so like it was always going to be sort of low down but yeah. I gotta say the stills don't look that terrible. That's to me, that's some pretty decent CGI. Yeah. Well, the thing about CGI, think... so, so the thing about CGI is it moves. <laughs> You're not seeing it moving at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> a still of anything can look good. Um, but you got I, I obviously think probably the biggest issue is like the blending. I don't know why they didn't it. CGI Dennis Quaid's mouth to be smaller. Um, <laughs> Dennis, he's got a huge mouth, that man. Um, Dennis Quaid uh, going for the uh, Kevin Costner school of um, I'm not even going to bother doing an Amer- a, a British accent. Um, we've got David Thewlis um, playing uh, a very evil um, king. So good at that. Yeah. Kills his mum, everything. Jason Isaacs is in there. Um, Pete Postlewaite is amazing. He's probably the only one that's really trying Always. this whole movie. Yeah, that guy is like underrated. Like it's just it's just great. Um, we've got um, our alien bounty hunter from uh, from X Files. <laughs> um, I told you he has a name. Brian Thompson is yeah. his name. It's a very average name. <laughs> um, so yeah, Dragonheart, two and a half stars. Eh, whatever. Um, Twister. Twister was. Did you cry? No, I did not. I did not cry. Yes, you do. Did not. Or oh, not in this movie. I didn't. It's a fucking dragon. Okay. a shit. So it's a Sean Connery dragon. Like I'll be yeah. more, I'll be more inclined to cry in Last Crusade. I cried as a child watching that film. It was devastating because he, he has to. He's got like this. The, the dragon has like um. He saves the life of David Thewlis at the start of the movie, and they've got this thing of like David Thewlis, like the evil king, can only die if like the dragon dies too. The but hearts some, are now joined. 
Yeah, so some the thing is like you have to you have to lift up this flap. <laughs> this dragon flap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they look the sound effect on that flap is <laughs> Lift up my flap. Stab me in the heart. Stab me in the heart. That's the only way he'll die. No, not that flap. Couldn't, the other flap. Couldn't they have just put him in jail and the dragon could live on? Oh, that's a good flap. Um <laughs> Yeah, like look, look, I don't think uh I do not think uh, intelligence comes into the writing of Dragonheart. Um, mm. Twist, like, did you watch Twister? No, I really wanted to, but then it disappeared from binge. Yeah, well, but can, it's it a film disappear. I watched enough as a child. I think that I know it can, it's still good. It can, it's not. Um, Someone told me they watched it recently, and it holds up. Uh, a movie about tornadoes has no business being this boring. <laughs> it's not boring. It's Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt. Hey, driving around. I like Bill Paxton. The whole, Doesn't the whole, like the whole concept is ridiculous. Um, is it? They're trying to learn about storms and weather. It's exciting. Yeah, but it's like the machine's called Dorothy. Pepsi <laughs> um, cans. <laughs> which doesn't work. They had the whole sequence of them like putting Pepsi cans into the Dorothy, like this thing that's going to like, I don't know, do something to the to the tornado. And then as soon as the tornado hits it, it just gets it just spills out over the road. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that didn't work. Um, but wouldn't it just pick them up regardless of what they are? Like, it's a tornado. It just picks shit up off the floor. Best Doesn't thing about this movie, Carrioles. That's oh, <laughs> the evil, as the evil tornado hunter. Yeah. Uh, but listen, this, this lineup, Helen Hunt, Bill Paxton, Carrioles, Philip Seymour Hoffman, just like really uh, encompassing the stoner guy of the 90s there's always that friend the chubby sort of stoner guy that like is just a bit he just says like some really weird catchphrases and stuff and it's just like he's just cool man uh and then uh alan ruck who got cameron from uh uh and i think he's in some show called succession i don't know um you've got uh there's a bunch of other people that um i was watching it with uh my two sisters law and they're they're like oh that guy oh that guy (laughs) There's like a lot of those, yep. that guy in this movie. Yep. Um, one of the guys from Army Intelligence is in it. Yeah, one of the guys from he's from Seinfeld, <laughs> the guy that Jerry refuses to give mouth to mouth to, <laughs> is in it. Um, yeah, no, it's it's it, look, they do that thing with the whole uh, the guy that got Tom Hanks shot in Band and um, Private Ryan is in it. Yeah, hate that guy. Uh, the um, I'm surprised. I'm surprised Adam Goldberg wasn't it. <laughs> um, uh, it's just like the whole divorcing going on, and it's just weird because he treats that new wife of his like absolute shit. Like Bill Paxton, like this movie, Bill Paxton rocks up to um, basically get his divorce papers signed from Helen Hunt, and he brings his new wife with him. But then tornadoes come at every single corner, and then he decides to bring his new fiance along. And she's like, oh, you guys still like each other because you keep touching each other and talking to each other in other, in other rooms while I'm left with your weird friends. And then yeah. you put me in dangerous situations and leave me with these weird friends and go off with Helen Hunt to go measure tornadoes. And then when I say, I'm going to go now, and you're like, no, don't go. And it's like, why, why should I stay? <laughs> you can take the relationship out of the storm, but you can't take the storm out of the relationship. <laughs> oh, um, so, yeah, I gave it a two because I, and look, maybe I wasn't in the mood. Maybe I wasn't in the mood, but Sounds man, like it. yeah. What did you watch? 
Uh, I watched Barb Wire. Tell me about Barb I Wire. I had never seen it. This and is... I thought, is this just a striptease video or is this a movie? No, she was uh, Pamela Anderson was very, very into Barb Wire. Um, and they, she felt like they sort of didn't give it its due. I've never seen it. I've only ever seen the front cover of it. Um, in and, the, and, in the, and the clip where she's dancing. No, I've never seen that. Oh. But is it worth anything? <laughs> um, let me tell you one of the most interesting facts that this okay. film was based in 2017. Nice. Um, America is going through a civil war nice. and Barb Wire lives in the only free city in the country, which doesn't seem that free. So she's, uh, she's her name's Barb Wire. Is her name Barbara? Yes. Okay. Barbara something Italian. Wireson. No, um, <laughs> wow, it's really? very European. <laughs> Zelensky or something. I don't know. Um, she hates being called Babe. Don't call her Babe. Her name is Barb. Okay. Which is complete for me. Uh, oh, can I just give you one that. twister thing just yes. before? Um, the soundtrack to Twister is fucking weird. It's like 80s, like, uh, hair metal, but like the ballads. Like, it's just, it's that really weird. No, it's Does not. Patrick Wilson sing on it? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is, um, what's the soundtrack like to Barb Wire? I'm assuming that would be like as new metal as you can get, or? It's not as fun as you would. It's not, um, Tank Girl. Mm. It's not. Is Tommy Lee on it? I don't think so. Um, I mean, I don't really know what Tommy Lee does. Uh, let me look. <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently he is. Don't Google Tommy Lee. <laughs> Tom, Tommy Lee is on it. Meat Puppets are on there. Ah. Michael Hutchinson is on there. Ah. Um, a lot of bands I've never heard of. Yep. Salt and Pepper. Nice. Nice. Um, I was not expecting to see her nipples in the first two minutes. Ah, I didn't realize that was that was happening uh that's fine that's their choice um the stepdad from terminator 2 is back ah oh, nice as, as he is getting around xander berkeley is he one of the nipples? and no our <laughs> mate uh udo kier hey he's the bad guy oh, wait, i i keep expecting him to be the bad guy but he never is Should I, just call him I don't Doyle? know if, i don't know if that was the idea for you to think that he's gonna turn on her at some point because he's like her little sidekick her crony he's a weird looking guy um, I a don't sin- know. A sinister if... looking guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Barb is a sex worker or if okay. she's just pretending to be. Um, but I think she's listed as like a sex worker nightclub vigilante. <laughs> she has a, a prostitution license. Nice. So she can go and have sex with people for money and it's legal. Okay. Um, but apparently the government hate her they destroy her little business because well know, then it's not 2017 because that's not a thing that's, that can happen <laughs> no of course not yeah it should um they also had a character just called big fatso nice yeah um some horrible man says to her i do believe i'm falling in love just just because i saw her basically and okay. she goes get in line um there's a lot about barbed wire and the fact that pamela anderson could not act she okay. wanted to make a big action film. She wanted to, you know, her career to take off. She's sick of just being the bimbo. But I hate to agree. <laughs> Everyone, it doesn't fall into like the silly, camp, goofy, funny side. Right. 
and it's not like a good action film. Like if it if it was if you watched it twenty years later, it's like, hi, hey, this is really stupid and it's hilarious, but it's not. But it doesn't even have like I, the um the kitsch um element of like yeah. Tank Girl and stuff like that. So yeah, no, um, like it's not horrible. It was a bit confusing. It's a bit weird here and there. <laughs> um, I don't yeah, entirely and reshoots. <clears throat> like I didn't, I didn't pay full attention to it. <laughs> um, Did you pay full attention to the craft? Yes. Were you made? To? Um, <laughs> I like the craft. I don't. Uh, I like anything that Neve Campbell is in, even if she is always the same and just is a little cute Harrison Ford. Because <laughs> she always does that little breathing thing. A little bit. Did you notice it? She does it so many times. Like when she's watching her spin the pencil and she's watching her and she knows she's being a witch, but then she just starts to go. <gasps> <laughs> like she just always has to breathe and i feel like i've broken the glass for myself now but it's fine because i still love her and she will be my first love well robin tunney is a girl who comes to um i assume it's la um yeah it's la it's... but it's always raining um yeah which is weird um comes so with a wig a fancy wig yes that she had to have because of um, empire records which i have to announce laura did not know it was a wig and i did look so at your wig dar going feminism. off feminism <laughs> okay <laughs> you just you just ruined it <laughs> oh, she's like it's I... not a wig i'm like it is that is a wig because she shaved her head in empire records and she's like but no I'll... that's too good of a wig you want to see some bad wigs Dragonheart, my friend <laughs> dragonheart oh, bad mullets <laughs> um yeah. Uh, so the craft. Um, she comes and then she uh, comes comes across these three girls at school um, who uh, want to be witches, played by Fariza Bulk, um, uh, Nev Campbell, and uh, Rachel True. And then they they start they they they're looking for a fourth because they need north, south, east, and west <laughs> to do some shit. Don't laugh. That's how witches work. Look. Do you not know what a coven is? God. Did you say covent or coven? Co- the, you know. Mm. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so shall not covent thy witch. Uh, Robin Tunney also um, uh, has the dad that was in the X Files as Skelly's day. <laughs> had, had to let people know about that. We also have. How weird! Some... I love Robin Tunney, but how weird is her voice? Uh, I don't know. It seems Why like does a... she sometimes sound like a bored forty-year-old man? I think. I think that was the kind of cool voice in the nineties. Um, yeah, now it's weird. All their voices together, like Neve Campbell has that sweet, nervous, innocent voice. Rachel True has like your classic California high school voice. Fruza yeah. Bulk is a psychopath, and then Robin Tunney is the cigarette smoking man. <laughs> cigarette smoking man. <laughs> so um, weird. yeah, we've got. Um... We also and got skate. some screen. We got some screen connections. We got Skeet Ehrlich and also of uh, Nev Campbell, um, Brecken Meyer. Which, if you listen to our watch long, you'll find out that he was uh, second in char- uh, second in place for Randy, but um, got got beat out by um, someone better, Jamie Kennedy. Man, my brain these days. Um, <clears throat> so they. <laughs> I don't know. Look, I, 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 the, the one thing I, the first thing I, I hated about this film, and this is, it's more of a parental thing. I didn't like the fact 
that they look at. So Robin Tunney's mum died when she was giving birth to her and mm-hmm. she's having a bit of a rough time and she attempted suicide. Mm-hmm. And Nev Campbell says like, oh, you even did it the right way, which is like she cut along, like she cut along the vein, not across it. Yeah. And I felt that in a movie targeted at teenagers, that that was a very dangerous thing to have done. Mm-hmm. And I kind of didn't like it from that point onwards. And I found like a lot of the stuff they were doing, like not from a really, like, you know, if you're, if you're Wiccan or whatever, like, you know, whatever, like, it's, it's, it's your choice. But I think the way that they conveyed the message of this movie is, I think it might've created, I was trying to look for some, I mean, it may not have happened, but I feel like it would have created a lot of like dangerous situations for young people to put themselves in thinking that this sort of shit would work. Like they might start like grabbing snakes and like, you know. Well, yeah. And for for it to be based in a high school where, you know, kids are going to hate each other and be mean to each other. And you're like, Hey, I can put a spell on you and you'll lose all your hair. Yeah. 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 Like, I'm like, I just like, um, by the way, uh, what's her name? The one that's, um, Christine Taylor. Oh man. She's so mean in this movie. (laughs) I know. She, I don't know why we're kind of made to feel sorry for her. Yeah. You could not be more outwardly horribly racist and mean. Yeah, she's so bad. Um, talk about outwardly horribly racist. Um, so Rachel True, um, who is African-American, and she was the oldest um, actor of this. Like, all of them were in their 20s, but I think she was, like, just about 30. So they, was, they, they knocked her back, but she, no got a manager, she got a manager and said, like, I really want this movie. So he got her onto it. But then in the um, promotion for the film... She would regularly be, even though she was on the front cover, she's on, she's one of the main characters of the movie. She was left out of a lot of the um the press for it. Um, there was an MTV awards show, and only the three white leads were um invited, oh. not Rachel True. Um, and she's gone into like a um detail about it in a in a few articles that you can read. Um, but yeah, she was really uh just left at the sidelines because they just wanted to, and I think I believe. As much as they could, Robin Tunney, Fraser Bulk, and Nev Campbell tried to like sort of say, "We won't do it unless all four of us are there." But yeah. I think sometimes it it, it it didn't happen, sort of thing. So, yeah. And in fairness, she is not at the bottom of this. It's clearly Robin Tunney is the lead. Hmm. Fraser Bulk is a standout because she's a psycho, but Nev Campbell and and Rachel they're they're on par. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, purely the fact that Nev Campbell's probably had a bit more, you know. Well, she had the she had Scream come up like, like this yeah, year too. Yeah, Party so I think, Five. Like she's got a lot going yeah. on. She's a bit more, you know. But like she's she's still like you know if you're one of the four witches because you need four witches for like whatever like you should be there for every one of those interviews. So yeah, um, that's not good. And um, the ending of this movie is just fucking terrible. Like yeah. it's not redemptive at all. Like. No, none you, of them you, would turn out to be nice. No, Robin Tunney is now like it. It, it kind of seems like she's kind of a bit evil because like she tries to like. Well, they wronged her, drop, and now she's just angry. Drop a drop a tree branch on Nev Campbell and Rachel True, even though it looks like someone just threw a tree branch at them. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to say they deserve it, but it's not like they because they come up and they're being all nice. You're like, oh, okay, so maybe they've seen the error of their ways and they're not horrible people anymore. But then, no, they're still they're still being bitches. Yeah, it's still not being very friendly. Yeah, no, nah, I think weird. I think the ending of this movie like ruins a lot of it. So yeah, I, I gave it two stars, but um, it could easily have been one. Like I was not 
not happy with the craft. But I'm also you, not as male. I'm not as it's like target audience probably either. So yeah, I I you had never seen this before, correct? No, no. I watched this a couple of times a good, growing I up. I was a good Catholic boy. I was allowed to. <laughs> um, partly because you know it was it was kind of a big film. Partly because uh, yeah, mm. wasn't in love with Nev Campbell, but you know you know she was she was important in my childhood. Yeah. Um, shut up. <laughs> Uh, I do want to highlight one of my favorite scenes where Skeet is trying to win over Robin away from like the witches. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, picking out what... no, like when they're just at the school and he's like pointing out what's wrong with each of them. Yeah. And he goes, oh, and, and she's got scars all over her body. I haven't seen them, but a friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> you never actually find out. Um, and I then she's up... like, no, they haven't. He's like, no, they haven't. But you could imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that, you know what? That's as true as anything of high schoolers. Like if you want a good representation of high schoolers, it's like, I don't know what I'm saying is true, but you can imagine it's true, so therefore it's true. Yeah. Um horrible. Yeah. Uh you never you never actually find out. They don't say in the movie like how she got those scars. But um No. Yeah, I had to look it up. She was she was in a fire as a girl. Um Laura has always enjoyed the the scene where they come off because it's that that glue you had in school. Yes, PVC glue. Ah, uh, how it's a dream to just like put it on your hands and then peel it off. Yeah. Oh, baby. Yeah. The kids still do that. I'm sure they do. I hope so. <laughs> um, I, I gave it three because I still liked too much of it. It was. It's not a great film, but I liked it. So. Now we both watched Eddie. Um, I didn't mind it. It was like it was. It it looks like it was shot in the eighties. <laughs> it's got a very it's got a very eighties feel to that movie. Yeah. Um, we'll never ever know why they picked Frank Langella to play like a Texan because <laughs> geez, he does not do it well. <laughs> He's um, not in it too much, so that's okay. No, Richard Jenkins is not in it enough. Oh, he is the little assistant coach. Yeah, well, I, at the end of the year, like you can check out. Um, like on Letterboxd, you can see how many like times you've watched an actor's films. I reckon Richard Jenkins is like getting up there because like he's popped up a few times this season. So yeah. Far. Um, and so has Skeet Ehrlich. But, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, look, you know, she takes. Um, so if you've never seen it, uh, Whoopi Goldberg plays a, um, a New York Knicks fan who she becomes the coach of the Knicks as like kind of like a um, a stunt, a publicity stunt by the new owner. Um, Played by Frank Langella, who was not a good Texan, and um, he, she, they start winning after a while. They, like she actually sort of gets through them, and she, they respect her. Eventually, um, takes a long time, <laughs> and then um, he says, "Look, um, if you win this last game, I'm going to sell you to St. Louis, I believe, or Baltimore. I can't remember." St. Louis. I think St. Louis, yeah, and, because um, the, the team was doing well, so people wanted to buy the team now. Yeah, going to make a profit on it. They're going to. And he said, like, and he said, like, oh, I'll send you with them. You can be their coach. And she's like, no, so it's a New York thing. And then, like, they have this big moment at the end where, like, the whole um, team or the whole crowd starts to stand on the court of um, uh, Madison Square Garden. Even Frank, <laughs> was it Frank Farina? Den- Dennis Farina, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> who's just playing? If you don't know, he's Italian. My dad, um, and he, I don't know. I, he can just yell, and I find it's funny, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, he, he he's very much typecast, but it's fine. Yeah, um, 
I'm trying to work out what the other one. Did you watch the arrival? No. Um, are you not going to mention the the star-studded uh, sporting cast of Eddie? Oh, you can. Yeah. Rodman. I also I was trying to work out. Apparently, the only because like a lot of the away costumes, I'm just costumes. <laughs> a lot of the away jerseys, Jesus. Um, uh, I don't know whether they had like licensing it, but, but apparently, only the Cleveland. I think it's the Cleveland Cleveland team. Cavaliers. Cavaliers. I think like they're the jersey they were wearing is not their actual jersey. I think that was like some weird sort okay. of thing. Yeah, they didn't they didn't give a licensing or something. So. Yeah, because they did come up against the Hornets. Um, Larry yeah, Johnson. The, yeah, the there. Rodman. Yeah, the Rodman of it all there. Rodman still at the Spurs. Yeah. Um, Gary Payton is a street player. Like he's not actually playing Gary Payton in it. I don't think. Yeah. So, um, the Knicks had this star player that never passes the ball, and that's why they're losing. And then she gets into basketball because he plays against street players. Um, <laughs> and his mum. Muggsy's in it. Uh, <laughs> like how she's like she's like she's gonna fuck Muggsy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like suddenly they're they're friends. What? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just like what? I think maybe she's just friends with him in real life. But that seemed like it was. It's like, oh, Muggsy, come and be on on the on, in my yeah. film. Um, Trump is in it, of course. Oh, that is the worst. Yeah, uh, so bad. But also fits really well when they go around interviewing people. Like, how do you feel about having a female coach? And they're like, ah, women in sports. Get out of here. <laughs> um. <laughs> Fabio was a weird thing that, you know, time stamps it quite nicely to have Fabio. Oh, man. And this is what a lot of comedy movies in the 90s do. They they very much time stamp, like, this is what was popular. Like, this, yeah, it's it's, it's very yeah. interesting. Um, I also liked when she said, fuck you and the horse you rode in on. Yeah. Shout out, church mums. Um, my biggest <laughs> takeaway, you can't move a team. You should, Don't move a team. Don't do it. Well, yeah, but he can because he owns everything. So. No, don't. Look what <laughs> happened. Um, and the other thing was because we watch a lot of uh, what we do in the shadows with Matt Berry, whenever they said New York, I just thought of Matt Berry going, New York City, <laughs> uh, which made the film much more enjoyable for me. So I liked it. Also, I'm pretty sure the bad guy from Lethal Weapon 3 is just sat in the crowd at one point. Oh, what else is he going to do? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the budget budget price, Robert De Niro. Um, yeah. I'm trying to work out what else you watch because, like, uh, like my favorite I watched film, the Great White Hype, because I'm cool. Oh, was it good? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I <laughs> thought it was really cool when I was a kid. Um, I don't know how I feel about it now. Uh, I got Mr. confused between this one and remember there was another boxing one with Woody Harrelson and um, Bene- is it Benicio del Toro? Like, there's one where like they're boxers as well. And I remember like... Uh, I don't remember that. Yeah. There's a few boxing ones like sort of like mid to late 90s and I, I always get confused between the, the, the Yeah. I, w- I was excited to have um, two somewhat sports films in one month. Yeah, cool. Um, and I, I like Damon Wayans a lot as a kid. <laughs> I do find him pretty funny sometimes. Yeah. Um, and Peter Berg, I don't know, I think because of ER. Was it Chicago yeah. Hope? Oh, no. He's in one of them. I liked him in that. So whenever he's in movies, I'm like, hey, that's the guy I like from. He does some really good. He he directs some good um thirty for thirties too. Yeah, um, he also sings a song in this, which is basically Lucan. Okay, (laughs) I wish. Uh, the song is called Mister Roper, Mister Roper. Um, but he just kept screaming butt whipper, 
Okay. Um, and it is very Lucan esque. I don't know okay. if that's intentional or not, <laughs> but that's all I could hear. Um, what's his name from Sliders and Indiana Jones? Reese Davies. John Reese Davies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought he was just being a racist Australian because mm-hmm. it's so. Anyone that doesn't know, Damon Wayne's the heavyweight title holder, um, is just beating up everyone. And he's not his manager, Samuel L. Jackson, isn't making any money because he just always wins and it's boring and no one wants to pay to see it. So they go and find this guy that beat him when they were amateurs. Yeah. Uh, who is Peter Berg, who is now in like this horrible like rock punk band, but he's very sexy. So, you know, let's get him to fight him again. Offer him a lot of money. He'll do it for the homeless because that's all he cares about. And they just keep bringing up the racism thing. It's like it's black versus white. And suddenly yeah. all these white people are interested in boxing again. It's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, Jonathan Reese davies enjoys the racist side of it. Of course uh, he does. He does, turns doesn't out, look like too. <laughs> turns out he's not Australian. He's actually playing an Englishman. Because okay. Peter Burr's character says to him at one point, we all know you're a racist. Um. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm just an Englishman. He's like, no, we, we all know you're just a racist. Um, it's it's not bad. It's not as funny as I remember it. I'm sad that Tone Loke wasn't in it. Jamie <laughs> Foxx was really funny. Like he's... Um, he's pretty funny. So there's this, there's this other guy that wants to fight Damon Wayans. But like, ah, oh, you're just another black there's fighter. A, uh, no one's going to pay to see it. There's a thing, you know, there's things that come up just like, uh, I watch a lot of film clips on Instagram but there's one that keeps on coming up it's between him and Denzel Washington and Jamie Foxx does a Denzel Washington impression and it's oh, yeah. fucking hilarious I have seen him do that he is quite good <laughs> I hope he's alright I said it yeah um, yeah he so this other box that keeps showing up is like I want to fight for the title and they're like uh, we can't because no one's going to pay to see it and Jamie Foxx is his little assistant and he's just really nervous and he's really awkward <laughs> and he does it really really well um Anyway, Damon Wayans doesn't work out or exercise at all in the lead up to the fight because he thinks he's going to finish this guy. Um, and he does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Peter Berg <laughs> hits him with like his famous overhand right and like rattles him. And he's like, oh, okay, you want to make fun of me on TV? And then just beats the shit out of him. Um, but then that guy that wants the title fight just comes up into the ring and they yell at each other and he knocks Damon out. And that's where it ends. And I did not remember that ending and it was very strange. It also opens with two scorpions having sex and then they get run over by a car. Ah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's there you a... go. Okay. <laughs> well. There you go. Uh, I want to talk about Mission Impossible before we move on. Because um, did you watch that? Uh, I watched two more. Didn't you watch more? You watched seven. Uh. Uh, I watched, um, well, I didn't finish watching uh, Spy Hard and Flipper oh, doesn't yeah. really need much. To, like, I, I, I got to like three quarters of the way through that and I'm like, I'm not uh, I love Flipper as a kid. Um, the funny, the best thing about Flipper is, is the uh, the grunge connections, which is. Uh, oh, the band Flipper? No, no, no. Um, oh. So he's wearing a t-shirt, he's wearing Smashing Pumpkins t-shirts all, all throughout the movie because that's nice. what he liked. That's, that was his favorite band in real life. Oh. Um, and I keep wanting to say Toby Maguire, and it's not Toby Maguire, it's the other one. <laughs> <laughs> What's his fucking name? Topher Grace? No, the one that's in The Hobbit. Elijah Wood? Yes. 
Oh, uh, yeah. I always get him and Toby Maguire mixed up. I forgot that it was him. I thought it was a lesser yeah. known. Um, Paul Hogan's in oh, it too. Oh, this was a TV show? That's kind of fun. No, no, there was a TV show, but it's the movie. Um, and also, uh, he, um, he, he sneaks out to go to a Chili Peppers concert, um, but gets caught. Nice. Um, and that's how he, but like when he's sneaking out, that's where he meets Flipper for the first time. There's toxic waste dumps and there's all sorts of other stuff going on in this movie. Um, I thought my, my kids kind of liked it. We might finish it. Like, I'm, I'm not going to, I might even uh, update you next episode if, if we do finish it because um, I think. They, they they were kind of into it. The thing with '90s films, there's like um, they're definitely not hitting that sort of something happens every ten minutes thing. <laughs> they're just yeah. doing, there's a lot of there's a lot of setup, um, a lot of non dolphin for the start of um a movie that's about dolphins. So yeah, um, but I want to. So you didn't watch Train Spotting? No, and I told you off camera. Off, sorry, off camera. Off mic. Why not? Because I can't stand the baby scene. I can't do it, yeah. and it just it it freaks me out. And I I end up dreaming of that for the next like few nights afterwards. Every time I've seen that movie, it just stays in my head, and I do not like it. It is, it is one of those things when you know it's there, like you're kind of waiting for it because you keep seeing the baby when they're like, yeah, up, like it's around, and then suddenly it's not. Yeah. And, there's not really any answers. I'm assuming they just forgot about it and it just yeah. died. Yeah. Um, but you don't really get much info about it. And it's the thing too is gross. like, okay, here's the, here's the thing, and this is, and like <laughs> this along with the craft. We'll sort of gonna, yeah, it's, it's we'll, very we'll, similar, and they're giving you a bit too much. Well, let's let you know this. Just there is a, there is a part of me that is like conservative. I think in a way, yes. Like yes. especially to do with drugs and stuff like that. Like I don't really like the um uh showing drugs is like you know a thing that's fun to do and i think sort of growing up with a, a like my all of my friends were not into that into heroin or stuff but like even like throughout my life i've known a lot of people who have been onto different varying types of drugs and it's people don't realize that like these films do have like a i mean it's not the intention of the film obviously but like yeah, putting it out there as a thing that like is glorifying it a little bit, and I just don't have any interest in that. So it's it's a funny one because in no way is it glamorized. Like it's disgusting. So yeah. much about it is disgusting, and you would expect making it and watching it that people don't want that lifestyle. Yeah, but at the same time, like when that high hits, mm. it, like I've I've not done any drugs, and I. I'm quite sure I'll never do heroin, but I watch it. I'm like, fuck, I wonder what it's like. Yeah. And that's the thing it's is like, it's supposed it's... to be incredible, but it's a very slippery slope and you see where they go. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, my dad's not around anymore and he's definitely not um, little John's dad from Braveheart, who is very supportive and helpful in getting him off his uh, addiction. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I, I I can't remember the last time I watched it. It's it's uh, and and I I, I was the the soundtrack loved it. Um, the uh, Scottishness is good. Johnny Lee Miller is a bit too Scottish, I think. Um, turn it down a bit. Having said all that, the scene where um, Sputters shut the bed and then it flings oh. up everyone is just fucking amazing and so funny and. Um, I do find that bit very, very funny, but also the fact that he's he's had sex with a high schooler too. <laughs> or he didn't have yeah. sex, but like he he like he, they, they, he picks up a high schooler. Um, oh no, he does. You oh, he does have sex. Has sex with a high school student. Yeah. 
Um, and that happens he in. Um, know it at the time. Yeah, but that, remember they did that in uh, old school too. They made a whole thing of it, like. Um, yeah. Yeah, like there's a there's a few movies where that happens, and it's like, and like the whole the whole punchline is like, oh no. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm a, because then I'm... afterwards, like he finds out and he walks her to school and she's like, you'll see me again or I'll tell the police. Yeah. Like, oh, it's like, fuck. it's like, oh, look at me. I'm legally a, uh, <laughs> I'm a, like a, a sexual predator. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a very weird film that I didn't never, I never really, also almost to the point of like the Breaking Bad too, like. I don't understand the appeal. Like I've tried watching Breaking Bad a few times, and I know that it's like mm. the drug stuff is not like really the main point of it. Like it's the drama and the action and sort of stuff. But like I don't understand. Like it's just not for me. And like it's just I'm at a point now where I'm not. I'm probably never going to watch Breaking Bad, and I'm probably never going to watch Train Spotting again because it's just yeah. It's I've just... I've obviously never read the book. I think I've been told the book is quite good. I did enjoy. There's so apparently the guy that wrote the book um, has come out and defended J.K. Rowling recently, mm-hmm. which is not a great stance to take. Um, but in the book and in the film, there's a good line. You know, McGregor's doing the spiel about everything is changing. Nothing is what it was. Mm. And he says, even men and women are changing. Yeah. Because then Begbie ends up hooking up with someone who's um, trans or like transitioning or, you know, yeah, uh, what he thinks is a woman turns out to have a penis. And they... <sighs> They don't do it badly. It's not ideal. But even, you know, 1996, bringing this to the light. And I think in the book, I think they handle it kind of nicely. Yeah. But just the fact you're saying, like, thing, things are changing. Like, this is this is okay. Yeah. And, you know, Robert Carlyle ruins it by wanting to murder them and everyone that knows about it. But still, yeah. I think it's a good film. I liked it. Okay. And like, like I've always been like, I mean, and have been criticized by many people for this, like being working at a video store when you're a part of a friend group and you work in the video store or like, even if someone introduces you to some friends and it's like, Oh, you work in the video store. Like their, their assumption is that you're like more of an author, like you like, you know, French films and like, you like the sort of culty sort of stuff. And you got to be a no the night. And when, um, when <laughs> they realize it's like, Oh, he just wants to talk about, Star Wars and Indiana Jones and Steven Spielberg <laughs> a lot, and they're like, "Oh, like you're not, you're not what we want out of that." And it's like, no, I've had like a lot of people sort of be disappointed because like I don't tend to like the sort of very cool. Like I don't like I've, I've I'll watch some stuff, but like it will never be my comfort food. It'll never be my reason to want. To, I don't I don't want to watch a movie and be uncomfortable. Like I I <laughs> I don't see the the fun in that. And like. I get it. I get why people do. And like, you know, this, this is not saying, you know, you can go be a cinema author and like, you know, you know, be as like, you know, uh, cult as you want to be. Everyone's got their own taste. It's just that a lot of the times the amount of dis- the disappointment I saw on people's faces when they're like, oh, you're not, you're not my cup of tea sort of thing. It's just, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. It's like, oh, do you want to talk about E.T. instead? <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> you want me to tell you like my um can we talk my, about the et ride at universal yeah uh, and then can i take you can i tell you about my um my opinions on um the differing masks of michael myers over the years <laughs> like, no, no you may not <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about some other masks uh, oh oh yeah, yeah they look pretty great. good in this one look 
I yeah. reckon I reckon I tried to do the Mission Impossible films a few years ago, and I was this one was the one that I didn't like the most. And then this time I had a lot of fun with it. Like I really liked. Um, I will never like them doing the TV show thing of showing stuff from the movie at the start of the film. How weird is that? You show the entire that. film in the opening credits, and they they keep doing it too. Throughout the other films, they do that. And I'm like, stop doing that. It's stupid. <laughs> but then it's like, yeah. oh, no, nah, um, De Palma started it. So we're all just like, oh, you can't not do it now. It's just like, oh, God. Um, Emilio's great. Oh, Emilio. So, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't remember this. out for Emilio. <laughs> I don't remember this until, like, it was happening. Like, I've, I've seen it a few times. I loved yeah. it as a kid. We all know that I was obsessed with the game. Mm. Um, oh man that's that's all i could think about during this whole thing is like the game i was like i wonder if you can still find that somewhere i thought that i had it i feel Mm. like i might have it if i don't i'll get it and you'll come around and we'll be frustrated and quit (laughs) um yeah laura kept asking me like does he die what happens i don't remember this film and you know when you remember it but you don't remember until like it's almost there yeah i always i i I always forget about the um the weird lift that they have there with the spikes that come out <laughs> is that for someone who's on top of the lift or is that like an actual lift thing yeah i don't because the lift didn't have like holes in the roof of it where no. those things would go to stop it no i almost i can't when i was watching this as i i almost thought that we could have done this as like a standalone episode like i think it's yeah. there's enough there's enough here um let's I talk really... about uh john voigt marrying a woman uh less than half his age well, I think anytime you see John Voight in a film after some, maybe like 1992 or something like that, he's the bad guy and he's gross. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Here's John Voight. Wait until we get to Anaconda. Oh, man. Speaking Lord. of, um, Laura suggested that he had Johnny Lee Miller blacklisted. Because of the Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because he kind of did disappear a little mm. bit. Like he was doing stuff, but his career, his career did not go as well as it maybe should have. And Voight's got like a lot of, he was very political and he was like quite, he's quite conservative, like with the gun lobbies, I'm pretty sure too. Yeah. So maybe he had a bit of power and just said like. It's weird watching him in this and, you know, wherever else I've seen Anaconda. Like, how would you have any pool? <laughs> You're not very good. He gets. I will say that the the, the storyline this one gets gets a little convoluted. Like it's it gets a bit sort of who's like who's like sort of um, a double agent, who's a triple agent, sort of thing. It's just like oh god, um, it tries to be a bit too clever, I think. Yeah, but like, but then when just... you know, it's like oh, this isn't that smart at all. But also, you know, I think one of the first scenes where they like they think the best way to get rid of uh, an employee is to give him diarrhea <laughs> or to give him, make him throw up. <laughs> yeah. And I think we'll see that a lot more. And it's just like, yeah, that's, that's like that guy, that guy, look, I love a good um, acting like you need a shit or throw up. And that guy does it well. Cause he even does um, that. He does that. He, does that bit. he takes two steps away from the, the bathroom. He's like, <laughs> how can you in. empty that much though? You can't be that much inside of you. We had a big breakfast. Um, the other thing that kills me about that moment when he's hanging like, and he's also, they've got all these amazing tools, all this equipment. Yet, um, Leon is still up in the roof cavity. Grabbing onto it. Yeah. Leon. Why are you holding it? 
Why isn't there a little machine doing this? Leon Why have like... you got those slippery looking gloves? Leon doesn't like rats either. No, he doesn't. <laughs> and my my wife was just like, it's like the CIA. You would think that rats couldn't get in. <laughs> like yeah. she's like, I'm like, yeah, it's a very clean shaft. I don't know if there's anything oh, for the rats to be. Yeah. Is that a, a departed type knot? Are they being Ooh. less obvious than the departed? Yeah. Scorsese is like, they, on that. Hey, make a note, make a note. <laughs> they were doing a mole that. hunt. Huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, gotta smoke them out. Anyway, yeah. that bit where he's like just dangling above the floor. Yeah. And he's making those incredible facial expressions <laughs> and flailing his arms back and forth. Yeah. Which I get like he's trying to keep his balance, but it's still hilarious to watch. Anyway, he's like two, three inches above the floor. And then they do a zoom in of the sweat falling off his glasses. <laughs> and he puts his hand under his yeah. face to catch it. Yeah. What? Didn't, didn't show a long shot of that, did they? It's just a, it's no. like, where's your balance now? So apparently, yeah. and I, I would love to see these outtakes. I'm hoping they're on film somewhere. Apparently, when he got that low, he kept smacking his head on the floor. <laughs> 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 so they had to put, they put coins in his shoes as a counterbalance. Yeah. And um, that's how he's like. Because his yeah. head is so heavy. <laughs> Good to know. Imagine just like Tom Cruise just smacking his head on the floor over yes. and over again. Oh, well, yes, well. I can. It um, would be just as good, if not better, than his horrible facial expressions when he's concentrating. Oh, he's, Actually, he's, there's so much of this through this film. And if you haven't run. watched it and you're going to, just look at his face yeah. all the time. And his run. <laughs> yeah. It um, quite quick, though. Love the um, restaurant with the aquarium explosion. I love the, the, gum, the, the gum explosion that he's got. Uh, love the sequence where all the basically all the team gets wiped out, um, and that bit in the phone book where he's like they're all dead. Like it's like in this movie, yeah. it's like there's certain movies where you go, "Fuck, that's why he's a good. That's why people like him. He's a fucking good actor." And he this is. is, yeah, and he's you you really almost good. you almost hate yourself because sometimes it's it's very cool to hate Tom Cruise, but it's like in this movie, he's like fucking really good. And watching um, this, if you watch this for the first time, you know nothing about it. Like watching yeah. this when it came out, like fuck, this was. This was huge. Mm. This was this was not coming off a terrible, shitty TV show. Yeah. Do you know what else is huge? The box office takings. nose. (laughs) The box office takings for this uh, this month in the US, and you'll be quite surprised if it is. So, Twister was number one. Mission Impossible, number three is the truth about cats and dogs. What the fuck? <laughs> um, Day? Possibly, people... yeah. Because the next Mom's one's the craft. Go... The next one's the craft. And then number five, coming at number five, is the Jean-Claude Van Damme masterpiece, The Quest. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess if they're on at the cinemas, you know, someone's going to see them. It's like, oh, if we just watched Mission Impossible. I need something to counterbalance that. Let's go watch the quest. <laughs> or it's like, if you if you did it in percentages, forty eight percent saw Twister, forty eight percent saw Mission Impossible, yeah, and then the rest, you know, two thousand people went and saw those other three. <laughs> they're, um, they're up there by default. Let's be honest. All right, let's go on to TV. All right, so 
Um, there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing for TV. We got yeah. SNL. Um, I will. I wanted. To, I wanted to make. Uh, there was a Jim Carrey Soundgarden SNL. Cool. I wanted to mention this one because uh, they play Pretty Noose and Burden in My Hand, and I remember seeing that yes. quite a lot when um, Arena used to replay uh, SNLs. They used to do two episodes a night, and I used to watch both of them, and that's why I became obsessed with it. And I saw that one quite a, quite a few times. Um, but it's also got um, The Night at the Roxbury Guys with Jim Carrey, um, which is quite wow. a classic sketch. Like yeah. probably, probably the sketch that got them the movie. From, I'm not, yeah. not gonna, not gonna lie. Um, so yeah, um, and I believe it might also be the one where Jim Carrey plays the lifeguard. Um, but it's at a, but it's at a like a, it's at a blow up pool. <laughs> so he's like, he's got like, he's on like a full lifeguard thing, but the pool's like a, a little kiddie pool, and he's like, he just jumps in. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, uh, speaking of musical guests, uh, we haven't really mentioned Jules Holland, I think, since the show started. Right. Um, but uh, worthy mentioning The Cure, uh, Willie Nelson, Manic Street Preachers, Hootie and the Blowfish, Pete Townsend, <sighs> Ben Folds 5, Ocean <sighs> Color Scene, Ice-T, Everclear, um, Cowboy Junkies, it, hugely eclectic lineups he would have. It was all over the place. It was very, very cool. And I should probably mention them more often because they're pretty good. And I could say them all in less than 60 seconds. <laughs> you're not doing another section um it is jacuzzi it's the jacuzzi lifeguard sketch it is uh definitely okay one. so fucking excellent I'll, I'll look it up one day um i might even chuck it up on the if i can find it um do. <laughs> all right so let's get on oh no before we get on music we got to do the conan o'brien because the big conan o'brien fans here and you've got to do the conan o'brien uh what's what do we call it um river of guests yeah the river you of say guests. Everything, every guest that was on the um, Conan Ryan show to the tune of our Lord and Saviors, William Joel, his hit 1994. <laughs> 94? <laughs> it was 94, yeah. Um, uh, hit uh, River of Dreams. I listened to the song again last night while Leeds were disappointing me just so I could try and have it in my head. How it does that go? It's like, it's like <laughs> I'm having a bad time with my Leeds. I'm going to put River of Dreams on. <laughs> River of Nightmares, it River turned out to be. All right, yeah. so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna count you in. Mm-hmm. It's gonna go five, four, three, two, a one. Gary Sinise, Marla Thomas, Love and Rockets, Rob Moreau, Ooh. Jeff Siraz of Frank Lebowitz, Pete Townsend, Nick Turturro, Dishwell and Norm McDonald, Wayne Newton, Tracy Bonham, Fabio, Ooh. Margaret Smith, Fabio, Minna Wynn, Christine Baranski. <laughs> Robert Wilde and Golden Spog and Ricky Lake and John Lithgow and World Champion <laughs> Robert Jackson Stephen Wright and Jeffrey Tambor Mavericks and Jutra Jennifer Robert Uditori Amos Jeffrey Rogsworthy Kate Amogro Julia Scandina Sharon Lawrence Porna <laughs> DZ Tony Roberts GBA Grand Director James Daniel Matt Lauer Paul Provenza Bo Diddley Heather Locklear Mark Moran Dr. Ruth Wesner Ron Silver, Chet Atkins, Charlie Sheen, and Kristen Grudge, and Bradley Laser, Stephen Young, and Jack Gallagher, Mr. Manners, Judith Martin, Al Rucker, and Mark Lane, and Johnny Bravo. <sighs> oh, fuck you. Yes. 54 seconds. That was, that was a long month, too. <laughs> TPA. <laughs> um, I don't know if they just didn't air one on the 21st of May. Yeah. But uh, Wikipedia just told me TBA. <laughs> Johnny Bravo? Do you think that's like the cartoon? Yeah, maybe they did like one of those ones where they put the. 
television screen next to him or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's get on to the <sighs> music. And of no real substance. <laughs> but uh, Aria charts was How Bizarre, How Bizarre by OMC. And mm. then um, <laughs> then Mariah Carey, Always Be My Baby, um, was in the Billboard yes. charts and also with Bone Thugs and Harmony, The Crossroads, which is an amazing song. Um, we had uh, releases from Turbo Negro, Nickelback, Ash, Backstreet Boys, Butthole Surfers, Seasick, Imperial Drag, Pantera, Pantera, um, get a mouth, tragically hip, everything but the girl, uh, sound garden, sound garden, the um, <laughs> the cure, Def Leppard, the posies, the handsome family, the special spin doctors, which I couldn't find, manic street peaches, uh-huh. uh, super fairy animals, the wallflowers, oh yeah, fishbone, suicide machines, Ainda Franco, Magna Pop, Pornic Papyrus, Brian Jones, Masker, Soul Coughing, Patty Griffin, and Rugurgitator, sweet. Jesus, that's a lot of stuff. I think there was more too, but there was know. probably more. But I, I, I think I was like, <laughs> once it goes off the other edge of the page, I'm like, that's too much. Yeah, that's a too many Pete Davisons. <laughs> this was this was far too many. Yeah, my, my list is even longer than yours, and I, I don't know why I let my list be longer because I'm not going to listen. I didn't even listen to Gabriel, yeah. but Dreams was on there, so why exactly. would I listen to it anyway? So I didn't, sorry, Miss Steele, I didn't listen to Terminegro. Um, I didn't listen to Nickelback because I didn't want to. I did. <laughs> How was that? Uh, it's actually... No. Nope. It's not that bad. I'm, no. I'm trying to get off the hating things just because. Okay. Um, and in high school, my alleged best friend loved How You Remind <laughs> Me. And I was like, no, this song's dumb. This isn't the Pearl Jam. Um, but I don't, I don't need to hate them just because I don't love them it yeah it's nothing it's nothing special it's not the worst thing it's just what you'd hear on the radio if you drove through america it's fine (laughs) um i know we're both uh we're keen on ash we mentioned a lot and this this album did did give you um a lot of like good stuff like yeah also the best um song is this one It's a really good song. <laughs> I really like it. And Goldfinger was good. Um, Kung Fu's a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. It's such a big sound, and there were a three piece. Like, I always thought that was like yeah. really. Like, I'd, I'd never seen him live. But, like, yeah, he had like a really big guitar sound. Um. But you had like, yeah, Goldfinger, Girl from Mars, Kung Fu, and Oh Yeah with the singles and like they were played quite a lot on the older Channel V music channel. So. And then it wasn't until like, like they, they got big, not big, like they did well with this album, but then it wasn't until like five years later they had one in between this and one of their biggest ones, which I always found kind of weird. Yeah. But um, yeah, some, some better stuff is still to come from Ash. They're good. Have... They're that good, like British kind of British rock radio. They are the I'm gonna say they're British Nickelback, but no, but they were the know. ones that I would, I would listen to them before I listened to Oasis. Like they were actually like a bit yeah. more interesting and stuff like that. Yeah. They're um, what my um cousin would call middle of the road jingly jangly. 
That's my that's my that's my jam, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, Backstreet Boys have their first uh, album, but I don't really know many of the songs off there, and I didn't care to listen to it. So that's mean. It's not their fault that they were manufactured. <laughs> um, They're nice boys. This is I remember. This is this is like it. Yeah. This is like this is the nineties in a. In a nutshell, a little bit like this was always on uh, when Rage was doing a bunch of like nineties um, film clips, or if like there was like a compilation album. This is the Butthole Surfers with Pepper. And then I it does would not go fit and... in with anything else they've done. No, and then I'd go listen to a Behold Surfers album and I'm like, I don't like this. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. It's such a good song. Yeah. And then the rest of it is like, what? <laughs> what, um, what did you, I'm not going to go through everything. So I didn't like my, few of my friends like um, were into Pantera and I just look, I, it's a, nah, it's a version, it's a thing of music, like metal music or that sort of music. It's just like, I'd rather like country and Western to that. It's just, it's just, not my bag, so I didn't. Yeah, that, and I think we had a Slayer one as well. Did we? Yeah, or Neither. last last month we had yeah. a Sepultura. <laughs> um, what did you? One... What did you? What did you like? What 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 did, what did you like? There's a band called Sleeper, the It Girl. Oh yeah. Um, the female singer that was that was pretty good. I didn't mind some of that. Um, yeah. reminiscent of like other mid early nineties indie bands. Nothing yep. like stood out. Was like, oh, this is great, but. Again, jingly jangly, middle of the road stuff that was easy to listen to. Tragically Hip was pretty all right. Yeah. Again, there was no like huge standouts. There was no weak That's kings. the thing. Like a lot of these albums had really good songs in them, but like a lot of the other songs in the album were, weren't that great. Like I'll even go so far as to say is like I, I had never really given down the upside the proper dues. Like I, I, I super know and loved, um, and I love the, I love the singles off of this album. But I've been watching. I listened to this one this week, and it's and it's good. Like it's it's really good. Soundgarden. I kind of want to look into the um the background of what was going on with the band at this time because I know that they split up pretty close after this, and the sound the songwriting was a lot different. It seemed to be very Chris centric, more of a thing. Like a lot of this stuff sounds like his solo stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you know? Do you, do you know any background to like what's what was going on at the time or? I don't know, um, yeah, how how they were getting along at this point. Um, I know they had some producer issues previously. Okay. I don't know if that caused an issue. I think Pretty Noose is like probably one of my favorite songs of theirs of all time. I fucking love that song. I used to love the, the film clip for it. Um, Burn in My Hands, really, really good. Um, uh, I put... <laughs> Um, I had it on the other morning and Ty Cobb came on and my kids were just like, what's he saying? I'm like, nothing. Because <laughs> <laughs> he swears a lot of that song. <laughs> um, I don't want to be too upset by your lack of love for this, but this I'm pretty sure was the first Soundgarden album that I came across. Yeah. And I think it's by far their best. Okay. It weirdly... Sometimes I kind of just like it because it feels like it should end and it yeah. doesn't like it goes. So after burden in my hand, I guess actually the whole thing, it's very up and down. 
Okay. Like there is a theme of like heavy song, calm song, heavy song. Like it's a constant up and down flow. Um, like never named Applebyte, never the machine forever, tighter and tighter, no attention, switch opens, overflutter, and unkind. I like boot Dusty. Camp. I like Dusty as well. <laughs> yeah, Dusty's good. every song on this album I have always loved. Uh, there's one. I think it's never named. Apparently, Ben Shepard, the bassist, he wrote that when he was 11 about his dog. Okay. And that always stuck with me, the fact that you could just write a song when you're a kid. And as an adult, you can turn that into like a more than decent song. Yeah, I think I think my cool. thing is like, it's not that I don't think it's good. It's just like I've always gone to, if, I was, if I'm going to go for a um, sound gun, I'll go to Super Unknown. Because that's yeah. like my that's my benchmark. But like you know, looking at our ages, that makes sense. Because like you're you're the age that I would have been for super unknown for for down the upside sort of thing. So, well, I didn't um, get this until I guess twenty eighteen and one. I think two thousand one, two thousand two. Yeah. After I'd kind of covered all of the Pearl Jam and Foo Fighter stuff, which was yeah. where it all began. Then I started to delve into Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, and I somehow started at the end. I think blow up the outside world and burden in my hand. It just always stuck with me so hard. That was so good. And up until like, that's halfway through the album. Yeah. Up until burden in my hand halfway through, like it's perfect. And after that, like I would, I guess what would be the B side for the old yeah. days. And that's like things like the, the... didn't do it for me, but listening to it now. Yeah. That flow is just, I don't want it to stop. Yeah, I have to give it a more of like this. This definitely made me want to get this into a rotation where I listen to uh, a bit more. Um, voice is just the greatest. Yeah, so definitely, uh, yeah, good one there. Um, I look, I really like. I mean, you won't like these guys. I like the specials a lot, <laughs> and um, they do a That's lot of um, like a couple of songs that happened. Uh, I really like this one because I, I I really like when it'll come up next year, the Gross Point Blank soundtrack. This is on it. Um, and this is called Pressure Drop, which is a cover. I think it's a cover of like another old song. There's a lot of covers on this. They do a cover of the Pogues Dirty Old Town this, on this album, which was pretty good. Um, it was really good to hear these guys again because I've never given this album like a lot of, um, of go. Yeah. Uh, so the specials. Uh, I also like. I really like this this band called the Suicide Machines. There was this. Um, they were like they were Scar, but they didn't have any horns or anything like that. They were more like Operation Ivy. And this song here was um, played a lot when I was younger. I think I got this album, but I think I got it kind of just for this song. <laughs> the basis for this um, band's really good. Um, and I'm in a big Scar thing now, man. So. Oh god. That's oh, so good. But then the the lyrics are more yelly. It's uh Teen Anx right there, right? <laughs> oh man. I love it. It's it's just every scar band to me is just interchangeable. That could have been anyone. Yeah, I, it gets such a I I have been listening to this uh podcast called In Defense of Scar. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> so just boys yelling. They don't all sound like... the same. They're unique <laughs> yeah, pretty... in their own way. Let's let's not let's not not boys, men. <laughs> Old men. Okay. Old men in fedoras. Yep. My guys. Uh, My guys. Did you, did you listen to the Wallflowers? Did I listen to the Wallflowers? Yes, I did. 
or okay. as I like to call them, Dillenstein. 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 Um, Dillenstein. Um, I really like um, the Wolf Wells. Uh, uh, ironically, um, I think um, it's just, it is very, like, again, um, this band could be the mid 90s or it could be early 2000s. Like, it's the, they, there was always this, like, sort of like their, they're alternative a little bit, but not too alternative. That that photo of him on um, the Apple screen looks heaps like Bruce Dickinson, but one headlight's great. One headlight's so good. If you don't know or care about the Wallflowers, you know one headlight. Yeah. Um, it's I basically always a Cheryl Crow song, but it's still good. Yeah. Oh. I like um Sixth yeah. Avenue Heartache too. Um, actually, like there's a lot of um. That's uh, such a Springsteen title. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just like he's like, <laughs> Dad, I, I I really like you, but I like Springsteen more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, it's Bob Dylan's son. Yeah, and that was my Bob I Dylan mean, impression. I, I think you can tell by uh. <laughs> Oh, not not by what you're doing, by listening to the the band. Yeah. But he does have a spring sinners to him, and it's he it's does. a good little mix. Yeah, it's basically Cheryl Crow. You've ripped off Cheryl Crow, but you know it's nice. I really wanted to uh, to a spotlight on um Australian as well. Like this is very big in my group of friends. This is Come to Sing by Rico Shatter. noisy really cool like they were so good live um and then they did that unit album and they went sort of electronic and everyone's like oh I like the old stuff and then like they also made um a song called i like the old stuff better than the new stuff for people like us um but this this um this album like it's got miffy simplicity on it it's got a such a lot of cock to get where i am which is really good um got fso it's really really good i um i instantly went back to Nostalgiaville listening to Regurgitator on, on this one round. So did you get around? We, I did not. Um, I was never really that into them. I missed, obviously, again, with my uh, upbringing, missed all of that. So I never yeah. really got into it. But I have seen bits and pieces um, when we were revisiting Recovery. Yeah. Well, oh, they'll, they'll be revisiting recovery, for yeah. me. But, yeah, but they came up on a lot of clips. Yep. Um, let's get to my boys, the Manic Street Preachers. Yes. Uh, a Design for Life. Well, the album was not Design for Life. Everything Must Go. Yep. But that song, Design for Life, you don't you don't want bands to have such a huge standout song. Yeah. And ignore all the other songs, but sometimes it just does. The pre-chorus, the build-up to the pre is even just as good as the chorus. Yeah. This is like, his voice is amazing. They're one of those bands, there's a lot of them like this, but every now and then they just nail every aspect. Yeah. Like his voice, his melody, the music, like everything just comes together. Oh, this... <laughs> it is so good. It is uh, so they good. also have um, a pretty decent song in there called Australia. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
the song was a metaphor for trying to get away uh, because they obviously still were struggling with uh, Richie Edwards' disappearance. Yep. Um, and for people in the UK, and I guess Wales, Australia is the furthest you can be away. Yeah. Like it's I the guess. furthest place for them. Yeah. So it wasn't really an ode to Australia or, you know, a love letter to Australia. It's more like, how do we get away? Where can we go? That's as far as we can go. And Australia lives in the olden times because they're fucked up. Um, <laughs> they probably didn't know that. But, you know, the shoe fits. Boot someone with it. Um, so if Annie I had Franco. To... Oh, yeah. That was... She's bringing she's bring, bring out an album every uh, single year. <laughs> <laughs> she's a busy lady. Uh, porno for Pyros. No bangers on there. No. Uh, Fishbone was not as exciting as of previously super free animals they'll get better i think yeah they're they're pretty they're pretty good uh yeah spin doctors (laughs) wasn't on spotify either no it's just like nah we'll take this one back it hasn't got two princes on it posies uh okay have shorter songs (laughs) like if it's not a radio just just like the cure make some great music but then when it's not a great song it just goes forever i think they know that too i think they're fucking with people <laughs> i think they got the uh, sonic youth mentality <sighs> um yeah. picking a favorite album was hard um Why? For me because as i said there was there was no album on here that i'm like every song's a banger but there was a lot of bangers yeah. within like you know i disagree uh, so I think because it's a work in progress and because it had the most amount of like good songs for me, I think Down the Upside would be my album. Um, Correct. But then the, the what do you song. Mean work in progress. What? Well, I mean, because I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm more of a super unknown guy. No, not anymore. <laughs> and then um, it was a toss up between um, One Headlight, Kung Fu Sing. Uh, no face by Suicide Machines and Design for Life, <laughs> and Pepper, Pepper get a and share? Pepper and Pepper, yeah, yeah. So I think even though I'll pick one for this month, you might see a bunch of these in my top ten <laughs> at the end of the year. Um, yeah. But I can't, I can't go past the Design for Life. Ah, twinsin on the songs and the album. Nice. That's how it should be. Yeah. Um, yeah, my that's... mine was between Design for Life and Pepper. Yeah, um, and Pepper's great, but it's just a little bit weird as well. It's not always gonna. Yeah, I'm not always you're not always in the mood around. to do it. Yeah, like it's more of a thing of like, oh, I know that song because like you know it's it's a very nineties nostalgia shop song, but it's like I don't want to listen to it all the time. Um, my favorite movie is gonna be Mission Impossible Two. So not Mission Impossible Two, Mission Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the shark. Yeah, I, I, again, um, a lot of the movies I just didn't sort of didn't sort of grab me. Um, there was really no uh, toss up between that and anything else. It was like it was the one I had the most fun with, and um, yeah. My mine was a toss up with Mission Impossible and Train Spotting. Um, yep. I did love that Tony Hares from Alan Partridge was a train driver at the end. I love Tom Cruise's facial expressions. The soundtrack was weird. Did it's that not impossible. bother you? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I also forgot to mention um, Knott's Forest. So when they first go to London in Mission Impossible, 
uh, you can hear on the radio, Man United. Um, oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> qualifying for the Champions League, and not Forest could still qualify for Europe. Uh, they did not qualify for Europe. But that was a, that was an interesting little touch to yeah, like yeah. kind of. It's happening right now, guys. Stamp it in, in yeah. This, yeah, in that area. Um, but it's got to be train spotting. Okay. Um, Mission Impossible is just a bit dated. John Voight's married to a child. He says <laughs> that he tasted the goods. Mm. Um, Ethan Hunt emails every single Bible website the exact same thing. <laughs> I will say, um, out of out of like as much as I said he's a good actor, his tired acting could take a little bit of work. <laughs> oh, when when you get super sleepy, don't you just like blink and shake your head? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, train spotting is as kind of cliche it is, and it does somewhat glorified drugs um and it is gross and gritty i sh- it should be in a similar field to the film kids <laughs> sorry can't, can't knock it. this is no. this is what mission impossible was missing they didn't use the theme music often enough yeah all right iggy play us out all right so that is our may 1996 episode uh thank you for listening thank you for being listening it's been another long one but you know there's lots yeah. of stuff to go through. It's not like um, I'm the poo. <laughs> it's not like I've got to make my kids uh, lunch. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you can um, get in touch with us at uh, Live in the Past Pod at That one egg was 40 eggs. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, and then um, no, my new favorite is sketch is the um, the hat and the court case that fucking killed me. <laughs> so, just uh, sorry. Just at the end, he's like, at the end, he's like, don't do the voice. <laughs> um, so live we'll in the past pod at, yeah, live in the past, uh, live in the past pod at gmail.com. Check out our Instagram. Go watch, I think, I think you should leave on Netflix. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh, uh-huh. You're a rock star. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, until next week, uh, we'll, yeah, June. Whew. I will, I will uh, and look, if you are a bit exhausted by our um, film section, June is very much a lot smaller. (laughs) All right. uh, So until then, we will catch you later. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas. Okay. Thanks for listening to Living in the Past. Music by Antigold. Check out his stuff at antigold.bandcamp.com. Artwork by Carly Kagenvin. Check out her stuff at carlykagenvin.design on Instagram. Or email her, carlykagenvin at hotmail.com. Do you like the X-Files? Check out our other podcast, Do You Think I'm Spooky? Available on all podcast platforms. Like what you're hearing? Give us a five-star review and a comment on Apple, Spotify, or Chartable. Stay cozy, look back, and relax. We'll see you later.